Welcome back to the World Cycle Podcast. This episode is a short story called Alone. Thank you again to Chloe for voicing her, or the tall one, a character I absolutely refuse to ever name. This story is made up almost exclusively of the edited text of the six parts of Alone, posted to my blog worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com between the 11th and 16th of May 2021. I'm also slightly sick, so you know, let's see how my voice goes. Enjoy. She thought she floated in some empty, crowded, silent, screaming place within. She gazed upon an empty consciousness and she wondered. She floated in that rippling sea that came before language. Here there was only metaphor, only meaning. She forced the words together inside herself. She thought. She sat cross-legged on a pristinely made bed. She had no idea how long she had been there. She was in a small room. Beside the bed was a wardrobe. To the other side was a door. She sat on the bed for some time and stared at the door. Stiffly, she stood. In the wardrobe was what she supposed was a robe, made of a strangely slippery, sand-colored material. On the floor of the wardrobe were a pair of thin boots, with knee-high socks, elbow-length gloves, and a balaclava of the same sandy material folded next to them, a pair of tinted goggles resting atop the small pile. She opened the door and was relieved, disappointed, to find herself facing the rest of a one-bedroom apartment. A small kitchen with no stove or microwave or any way to cook. A dining table that could probably seat six with one chair. A couch facing a television with no cords connected to anything. And there was a door leading outside. She tried the tap and sand poured into the sink. She opened the cupboards and found them all empty. She opened the fridge and found a gun and closed the fridge. She sat on the couch, and it was comfortable enough, and she was sure she could see something in the television. A figure, indistinct and oddly sad, gazed at her from the television. Was that her reflection? For a long time, she stared at the figure on the television, and she was sad. It never became clearer, and she never was sure who it was. Eventually, she got up and looked at the door. The room felt warmer. She stared at the door and she was quite certain that she did not want to open it. She opened the fridge and she picked up the gun and she very much wished she had not picked up the gun. It was a matte, sand-colored thing, a short-barreled revolver. She swung the cylinder out and found that it was loaded in three of six chambers. She closed the cylinder, switched it to unsafe, cocked the hammer on an empty chamber. She took deep breaths as she approached the door and she felt too hot. Her forehead started to sweat, her palms started to sweat, and her grip on the revolver was not shaky. The handle of the door was hot to the touch. In a flash, she opened the door and pointed the gun out into blazing, blinding light. It burned her skin, it burned her eyes. She did not pull the trigger, of course. She knew better than that. 
She collapsed to the ground as the light burned her flesh, burned her eyes. She was silent in her pain. The door closed. She lay on the floor, a gun held loosely in her right hand for what must have been a long time, and as she lay there she dreamed, though she didn't think she slept. She dreamed that she was in a room. She was sat at a table and there were many tables all around at which faceless, chattering people sat. Across the table sat a woman, blurry, indistinct. She was nervous and she was happy. And she woke, or she stopped dreaming. She lay on the floor and she was sure that she was in great pain. She must have been in great pain. The light had burned her so fiercely she couldn't see. Eventually, she sat up. Carefully, without fumbling, she put the safety on the revolver and let the hammer down. Achingly, she stood up, using the wall as a support. She felt her way to the kitchen counter and she put the gun down. Slowly, the darkness began to fade from her eyes. First, she could see dark blobs, the couch, the television, the fridge. She blinked furiously and she stayed where she was. She could hear herself panting. She tried to take deep breaths and her vision resolved into blurry masses, into smeared shapes. Eventually, she could see. She looked at herself and her front was burned, but not so much. Skin peeled off under her searching hands and her flesh seemed to heal just as quick or as slow as her eyes. She could still hear that panting. She turned and she found a new shape, a massive black dog lying by the front door panting. She didn't pick up the gun. The dog watched her, yellowed eyes staring, its fur matted and thin, and its ribs showed clearly through its skin. Hello? She said. It felt strange for her thoughts to come out of her mouth. The dog huffed. She and the dog stared at each other for some time. I should get dressed. She thought aloud. She turned back to the bedroom, to the wardrobe. She pulled on the sand-colored dress or robe. It fit perfectly and loosely. The sleeves were tighter and left her hands exposed. Her feet and ankles were left exposed, as was her face and neck. She pulled on the socks that were more like knee-high stockings and the gloves and the boots, then the balaclava and the goggles. When she was finished, no skin showed, and it was hard to see past the tinted goggles, but she kept them on. She picked up the gun from the counter and looked at the dog, who seemed to get the message and struggled to stand up. I don't know what else you'd do, she thought aloud at the dog. The handle didn't feel warm through the gloves, and this time she opened the door nearly without hesitation and was blinded. This time, it was temporary. The world without resolved into bare, endless sand and the glaring sun. It was so bright compared to the dim, windowless apartment. Her eyes adjusted soon enough. She stepped onto the sand and she sank, just a bit. She sank until the sand didn't quite fall in the top of her boots. She wanted at that, and she walked. There were no features here, nothing to follow but the sun. So she walked forward, away from the apartment, and with a scrabbling and a swishing, the dog followed her. She sweated under the blinding sun, her face sweated under the balaclava, making her goggles fog up. Her feet sweated with each step in the warm sand. Her back sweated against the glaring sun. Whatever fabric the outfit was made from did its best to keep her cool, to let her skin breathe, but it was so hot. The dog panted beside her as they swished their way through hot, loose sand. Her mouth was dry. The sun touched the horizon ahead of her, glaring at her through the goggles. It was almost a physical shock when the darkness of night sprinted past her toward the dulling, purple-orange horizon. Within seconds, it was pitch dark and freezing. All light was gone, and despite the radiant heat of the sand, she started to shiver in the frigid air. 
She didn't want to stop walking. She was sure she needed to keep going, but the outfit was thin and breathable, and soon her legs were shivering so much she found it hard to walk. But stopping wouldn't help, would it? She would still be freezing cold, with no movement to warm her. The dog flopped into the sand, shifting and digging until it was almost buried. She sat, and the sand warmed her. Swiftly, she dug a little divot out of the loose sand and raked some over herself as she lay down, putting the gun just above her head. It was warm and oddly comforting, and it didn't get into her clothes or shoes even as she shoveled it over the hem or neckline of her robe. She lay there and stared up at the empty sky, and she wondered what had happened. And though she was sure that she did not sleep, she dreamed. She dreamed of being in a small apartment, in a large bed, warm and happy. She shared the bed with a small woman, faceless, and a medium man, faceless. She was the tall one, perhaps with a face. They embraced and they muttered indecipherable nothings to one another, and she was so happy. In the dream they slept and they loved each other in that bed, and certainly they got up from time to time to do various, surely unimportant things. But altogether they always came back to that bed to be warm and comfortable. And perhaps summer came and the heat became uncomfortable, perhaps annoying, and they held each other no less tightly. She broke from the dream as the sun shone down on her. She stood from the sand and shook herself almost as a dog might, and the sand showered from her and did not find its way into her clothes or her boots. She picked the gun from the sand and it too was clean. Her mouth and throat were so dry and her stomach rumbled. Facing away from the sun, she started walking. She missed the dream, the comfort and familiarity, and she realized that she had never patted the dog at all, and she proceeded to not pat the dog at all. She wondered what distinction there was between dream and thought. She kept walking. The sun was high in the sky when she spotted something, a break in the endless bare sand. It seemed at first to be some more significant divot in the sand, but as she got closer she could see the luminescent shadow cast by the noon sun. It was a pool of water, perfectly clear and perfectly circular. It seemed to get deeper as she approached, the bottom darker, the shimmering shadows more prominent. She looked at the dog, then back at the pool, and she shrugged. The dog beat her to the pool, of course, faster perhaps and certainly more excited, more excitable. It lapped furiously at the water, and those luminescent shadows rippled as it drank. She didn't look at the sun exactly, but she noticed it, and she wondered how she was supposed to drink from the pool. She would burn if she took off any of the clothes, but she didn't want to stay until night to drink. The dog clambered into the water, and she supposed she didn't need to complicate the matter. She pulled off her boots, and she left the gun with her boots in the sand, and waded into the water. The top of the water was warm and cooling. As she waded in, the water was colder and colder, and it was deeper even than she had thought. She waded in until her chin touched the water, and paddled deeper until her feet did not touch the ground. She pushed herself under the water, and she felt such relief. The water shimmered around her, those glowing shadows almost seeming to dance. All she needed to do was open her mouth, and she could drink. The water had a taste. She could not place what the water tasted like. It was... hard. The level of the water seemed to lower when she paddled out of the pool. Her clothes steamed in the burning heat of the sun, and she was very swiftly dry. And then there was dimness, a new relief. She looked up, and a dull, grey, fluffy sort of barrier had drifted over the sun. The clouds looked sad somehow, looked lost. Somewhere between rain and those pretty fluffy, too clear white clouds that she didn't remember, but she was sure she had seen. 
She pulled on her shoes and picked up her gun and she started walking and the clouds burned away under the sun's severe glare. She took deep breaths through the balaclava and she hoped that she would see clouds again. The dog caught up with her quickly as she resumed her journey, walking, not regretfully, away from the pool of water. She wondered if she would see another soon. She wondered how such a puddle could form in this sun-drenched landscape. Do you think... She thought aloud to the dog. Do you think it will rain again? The dog glanced at her and did not answer. She supposed that that made sense. As she walked, her stomach rumbled. Beside her, the dog's stomach rumbled. Still, she felt better for her swim and her drink. Still, in her right hand was the revolver with three bullets. She wondered at the clear blue sky. She wondered at the boiling sun and burning sand. As she walked, though she did not sleep, she dreamed. She walked a city street. A medium man with no face walked beside her. They were worried. They had left their big bed, their comfort, to walk to a closed restaurant. And when they reached the closed restaurant, they did not find what they looked for. Which way does she go? She asked the medium man. Neither of them was sure, so they searched. They searched back streets and alleyways. They searched and searched. She woke from the dream to find it dim but not dark. The dog watched her as she walked. The sky had clouded over. She paused to look at the sky. Grey clouds covered the sun. I don't think it will rain yet. She thought aloud to the dog. We need to keep going. She wondered what they searched for as they kept walking toward the cloud-covered, setting sun. In the dream, they searched for a small woman, she was sure. But here, in this endless desert, she did not know what she was looking for. The sand was warm, the air was cool. She walked, and the dog walked with her. As darkness fell, she sat in the sand and looked at the dog. Who are you? She wondered aloud. The dog did not answer. She did not mind. She buried herself in the sand and closed her eyes, and though she did not sleep, she dreamed again. She dreamed of sitting by the small woman's bed as machines beeped and whirred. She dreamed of staring out the window at the pouring rain. She dreamed that the small woman had a face. She woke to pattering rain, cool wind and pattering rain. She sat up out of the sand and it clung to her in little spots until she stood and shook herself. And she looked up at the sky and the rain speckled her goggles and she wondered what had happened to the small woman that she had found herself in the hospital. She worried. She worried and today as she walked she shivered in her thin airy dress. She raised her goggles from her eyes and still it felt too bright, but it was not blinding. The rain, light and pattering, soaked her through until her boots squelched with each step and each shift of her clothes brought a new, damp, cold patch against her skin. Ahead, something glowed. A puddle in the sand seemed to shine into the dim sky, and before the puddle stood three figures, three people. Three faceless men stood over a crumbled, small woman who had a face. She raised her gun, and with three deafening cracks, the men turned to water and flowed into the pool, and there... Curled up on the ground was a small woman with a face, breathing just lightly, blood leaking from her scalp and nose, one arm of her uniform shirt almost torn free and her bag long gone. She and the medium man who had a face knelt by the woman and they didn't know what to do. They had names, the trio who shared that big bed in the little apartment. I don't know if they matter, really. There was the woman who was tall and stoic and emotional. There was the man who was medium and smiling and emotional. And there was the woman who was short and serious and emotional. 
Maybe you already put the pieces together, but the short woman was attacked and robbed on her way home one night. The tall woman and medium man worried that the short woman was late had gone out to look for her. She had been bloodied and unconscious, but alive. The tall woman and the medium man had stayed in the hospital as constantly as they could, making sure that there was always at least one of them by the short woman's bed. The short woman had swelling in the brain, supposedly not too serious, but she was asleep for five days. It was no coincidence that both the tall woman and medium man were by the short woman's bed when she awoke. They had no idea when she would wake, but they were there when she did. They gave her gentle hugs to spare her bruises, and gentle kisses to spare the nurse's sensibilities, and they stayed with her almost constantly for the next two days before she was released from the hospital. They took her home to their big, warm bed and their cozy apartment. And things were better. I think that we'll leave that trio alone now to get their rest. Thank you for listening to this episode of the World Cycle Podcast, Alone. I hope you enjoyed the story. You can find my writing on worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com, where I post a short story every day. If you prefer, you can follow me on Tumblr at worldcycle.tumblr.com, which I don't use as much as I used to. If you're real weird, you can follow me on Twitter at The World Cycle. All these links, as well as a link to the full text of the episode, can be found in the show notes or description or whatever it's called. Goodbye and be well. Or don't. I'm not the boss of you. Mm-hmm.